Good morning, everyone. Today is Daily Practice Success. I'm your host, Jonathan Lokid, and I'm happy to be here again. I get to wake up and get to do this podcast, and I'm grateful. Thank you so much. So today, we're going to be talking about be the change you want to see in the world, and, and how do you get to start with that, and how do you pivot pivot from one career to another? How do you know when it's time to get out of your nine to five job and get to a new career? I mean, for me, I know that I get to get to started with something, um, a new career before I get to start with the new things, right? And, and it has to start from the from the something small before you get to something big. Because for me, I got a family to to take care of. So I know that I have to start with something small and then it gets to something big. But today I have a special guest and this girl is amazing. Um, She co-authored a book called Esme, uh, The Curious Cat. Um, She was born and raised in rural Midwest of United States. Emily specializes in business development, creative strategy planning, and fundraising. Emily launches her first company at the age of 22, early age, and has since raised and distributed over 20 million of private investment for private clients. I mean, she's done a lot for her career and current career, but she started just like all most of us from nine to five. So we're going to talk about that. And Hopefully we get to all of it. I wanted to see um, what kind of change she wants to see in the world, and how do we? How did she get started with that? And also, how did she pivot from one career to another? So this is exciting. I want to see to hear her story, and you know, hopefully inspired you to make a change with your life. And first of all, thank you for tuning in. So I'm gonna bring her out, and we'll get to meet her. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I w- we're, thank you for tuning in and, you know, booking an um, interview with us. So, um, uh, um, Emily, thank you for, um, you know, booking in with us. My first question with you is, um, give us a little bit of background with yourself. You started your business at age 22. Tell us about that. I did. So I started my first business at the age of 22 when I was, and sorry, if you see the sun, the sun's just coming up over here. <laughs> where, where are you located? So you'll see some of the radiance of the sun if I move. Yeah. Um, but no, I started my first business at the age of 22 and I was in the middle of my college experience, went to university at Purdue, ended up getting a master's after that at the University of Notre Dame. Had a tremendous experience and in, in both capacities and also throughout my professional life. But um the reason that I started the business in the first place at that age is because I felt like within the nonprofit sector there, and this is, this has just always been a space that's been very near and dear to my heart as someone who had volunteered a lot, but I didn't mm. realize until I had actually built these businesses and learned more about how different industries work that I could in fact professionally work in the nonprofit space. So um, I'm really grateful for that part of my journey, particularly because I realized there was this gap between very, very, very large nonprofits 
like if you think of big breast cancer nonprofits or big big nonprofits within the U.S. particularly that advocate for big causes, there are some massive ones. And then there are some small ones that are very grassroots initiatives that are smaller, that don't even necessarily have budgets, but that want to want to change, want to see an effective change and have created these entities to do that. So there was this big disparity and discrepancy between um, those larger and those smaller. And not only was there a disparity between the two entities themselves and kind of those two groups, but there was also a difference between the kind of volunteers that would volunteer between the two, the kind of access to information people had between the two, the kind of manpower that they had, like funding and also fueling their organizations. So I created my own organization to be that bridge. And Mm. I think, and I don't know, obviously everybody has their own business story, right? And everybody has their own experience of what business is and means to them. Mm -hmm. Mine has always been very impact driven. So the, the mantra and kind of the life's mission or life's work that I personally really lean into is be the change you wish to see in the world. And at the time, that was the most effective way that I could conceivably think about moving forward in that direction. And I did. And I'm so grateful that I did. I, that company ended up staying together and is now pieces of that are infused in the companies that I now run. Um, but it was a tremendous experience, especially at that age, especially because of the resources that I was given and the opportunities that I had at that time in my life, because I was at a university that really supports entrepreneurship and really advocates, especially for, um, especially for organizations that are a little bit different. And that was back in 20, I want to say 2013. Um, so a little bit of time has passed since then. And the narrative socially around business is changing very, very, very actively. And social impact and B Corps have become much more buzzwords. But at the time, I was thinking about that kind of concept. I just didn't, there wasn't necessarily a platform that aligned with me that I felt like I had direct access to. So in doing that, had a tremendous experience, but now we've pivoted and um, actually closed that company, but have relaunched in this other way. And yeah, it's been an, it's been a journey. That's for sure. And I think everybody who has, who has pursued a passion can understand pieces of that journey. Oh, that's very interesting. I mean, you certainly done a lot opening a company, a, you know, closing it and then starting a new one. And you mentioned that you want, uh, you know, you always wanted to have a direction, a path, and always been. Uh, there's always a purpose on what you do, and one of them will be be the be the change that you uh, you want to see in the world. And, and and your perspective, or for what do you believe? What do you want to, the change to be to happen? And it starts with you. And mm-hmm. what um what is some of that? I mean, it's a broad question, but what are some of that? Yeah, it's tall order, right? But <laughs> yeah. if about dreams, let's go big. I You're mean, right. and if we're talking about change in the world, let's let's dream as big as we possibly can, and then reverse engineer that in bite-sized chunks so that we can actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. So the world that I want to see is full of, and I I don't know again, I don't know if this is possible, right? It's a dream, but the world that I want to see has more equitable access to things has more kindness infused in everything that we're doing, is, has a mindful understanding of the way the consequences will affect future generations. There's a company, and it's a really large clothing company, who has this um, kind of like theory, but also practice that they use. And they have, at every board meeting they have, 
they'd have a seat at the table for the seventh generation. And what that means is they, it, the idea is, and I love it. And that's something that we use too. seven generations from now. We want a voice for that person that we can conceive at our table so that we're making sure that we're making long-term the best decisions that we possibly can for our future, for our planet, for our people, for, for the unity of humankind. Because at the end of the day, if this person over here is working on this thing and this person working over here thinks that person's stupid and doesn't want to do and there's there's always going to be conflict and there are always going to be multiple opinions but i think we're we're at a really beautiful place right now to be able to focus on things that unite us and advocate for each other and show empathy and kindness and i mean i think there's certainly been a lot going on socially in the world particularly this year and it's been a long time coming Despite what you believe, a lot of it's been a long time coming. And a lot of people's voices are being heard in a very new way for the first time in a ever, for the first time ever. And I think although there are a lot of polarizing views and polarizing things that are being touted right now, there's also this beautiful space for unity and learning to listen and learning to be kind and empathetic and work together. And I think um, that's more, that's more of the world that I want to see. Th that's very interesting. That chair, um, the seventh generation, that's a long time from now. And if you make decision for that person, um, for a long time from now, I mean, that, that that's mind boggling. I mean, there's kindness, empathy, and all of that will come together and you no know, generation from now, because it's true. I mean, we, we have, you no, know, we are, no, leading the way into a better future nowadays that um, technology making this world a little bit smaller because we could connect with anyone from anywhere from, you know, and 7 billion people. And now we're making decisions to the future from today on. And I love, I, lo I actually love the message that clothing company and you work for that company. I don't No, I don't. I actually, I read a book, um, a book that mentioned that and it's just stuck with, I probably read it 10 years ago. And it's stuck with me ever since. Uh, that's it's so powerful. And <laughs> I think sometimes we lose sight of the responsibility that comes with the decisions that we're making today. Mm -hmm. If you think, if you are able to zoom out and really consider seven generations from now, the impacts of the decisions that you're making today, what kind of future that could look like, not only for your own legacy and your family, but also legitimately for our world. That's a totally different perspective. I mean, the minutiae fall away. You know, the things that we consider to be pain points or the things that we consider to be like complete and utter turbulence may in fact be a little bit of turbulence, but it really puts it in perspective long-term. And I think that's really important, especially if you're somebody who is trying to figure out, do I want to shift careers? Am I getting this pull to do something different? What is like, if you're at a pivot point in your life and you think about the potential consequences of benefits really long-term of you making, having courage and making tough calls that feel right for you, man, the world is your oyster. Oh, it's, it's very true. You got to make those tough calls. You got to pivot from one career to another. When was the time, the last time you pivot to another career that you... Well, did you start with the nine to five job as well, or are you from the university and then you started your own business? Yeah. So at university, I had been involved in a bunch of different things and had multiple internships and apprenticeships and had worked full time while I was doing school. So I was really busy, but I was also, I'm just kind of, when I'm 
I know the feeling for me, what it feels like on the inside when I am working towards something that is my passion and my purpose. And that doesn't mean it needs to be like my ultimate life's purpose and dream. I think sometimes we get so caught up on the vastness and the perfection of this one thing that we're pursuing at all costs for the rest of our lives as the point of our lives, whatever. We get so caught up in defining that and refining that and working towards that, that we actually stall ourselves out. Like we get, I found myself doing this. I'll like stall myself out because I want something to be perfect. I want the mission to be perfectly articulated. When in fact, that's not necessarily the point. Better than that right now and more important is moving forward and executing and doing things and really getting experience. So um, I say this because I was really, really busy in college and had a great experience, started this company, got involved in this marital organization, worked full-time job, like was just juggling and loving it. And it wasn't balanced. It was very much juggling. And I think there's a really big difference between the two, too, that a lot of people, we get confused. Mm-hmm. So, but, sorry. Yeah, that's very interesting. So you, from the from the young age, I mean, you come to college, you're juggling all of these things. Mm-hmm. And for most of us, people think, hey, you should have, a, have it everything together. But you, on the other hand, you were tasting a lot of different things. And... No, how long has that, that been? But you said 22 and now? I'm now 28. 28. So yeah. it, you, you're still doing that, trying different things, or you have your own focus nowadays? So I, I'm, I've i always been somebody who's just taken a lot of bites out of a lot of cookies. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to try the different flavors. And, and I used to, honestly, I used to carry a lot of shame about that because that's not what is touted as successful. You know, everybody's, and, and there is absolutely merit and so much room and so much goodness in, and, and so much sense in specialization. Like choosing one thing, going full force, yes. But I think the flip side of that conversation and something that we need to bring up is that that's not the only option. And that's not necessarily the right option for everybody. So, when I was in school, I was doing those things, ended up getting a full-time job after I graduated. So it was very much nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. Um, <laughs> I had some tremendous mentors and still to this day, they're some of my closest friends and dearest colleagues, but um, ended up jumping into corporate philanthropy, had an incredible experience from that, um, worked full-time and also got a master's in business because I studied much more communication and design more soft skills, but also learning product management Mm. and oversight and that kind of thing within my undergrad education. So did the MBA thing also was working in corporate philanthropy. And the most recent time that I pivoted actually was out of that nine to five into doing my own consulting thing full time, which is what I'm now doing. And it turns out, I didn't even know this was possible. And it was just (laughs) because of the way that I was really listening to other people's prescription and formula to life rather than my own at Mm. points during that six-year window we were just talking about 22 to 28 at points of that I listened to other people's formula for life more so than my own and I stopped taking as many bites out of different cookies I Mm. started only eating chocolate chip or sugar or snickerdoodles exclusively rather than just trying all the different random flavors that I was finding at the store around Pinterest you know and in doing that, I really, I'm so glad that I did because now I know the difference, 
But in doing that, I dishonored myself and I didn't realize it at the time because I was listening to my own voice. I was putting other people's formula or other people's opinions or other people's definition of success over my own. So I say all this because you asked when the most recent time I did that was, and that was last, that was September of 2018 was when I left the quote unquote corporate world and jumped into, I actually pivoted really hard and I bought a one-way plane ticket to Hong Kong and started traveling because I'm doing that while I was consulting for someone. So it was an incredible opportunity. And it was one at the time, it was one of the scariest things that I ever did because I that's a big shift. It was. It was. <laughs> and I'm not one to make decisions lightly, not about things that I really care about. And that was, I knew that at that point, deciding to do that was going to not only one, likely prevent a midlife crisis, but also really, it was really going to change the trajectory of my life and what I believed to be possible for myself. And in fact, two years later, here I am and it did and it has. And Oh, that's much better lighting wise. Um, so as I, as I was traveling and as I was working on this contract and as I was doing these things, I was also doing a lot of soul searching, which being as multi-passionate and busy and as much of a yes person as I had until that point. And at the time I did that, I was 26. So um, I had 26 years of baggage that I was carrying around. And I, in traveling, not only wanted to better understand what the world needed so that I could and needs and just get a different, more comprehensive perspective, not to prescribe things, but just to better understand how we can problem solve. And as I was doing that, I also was just doing soul searching and getting rid really unpacking the bag because I hadn't given myself space to ever truly do that before. I was too busy. Mm, I was too busy yeah. in life. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I think a part of the conversation that we, especially as we're, we're looking to pivot or shift or make tough calls or leave big jobs and do things that don't quite quote unquote make sense on the onset, but looking backwards completely makes sense. I think it's really important that we, we consider unpacking and we, we consider, I don't know, just creating more space for ourselves to grow further into ourselves because that's what this is all about as far as I'm concerned. It, it's very interesting to me because I would have done the same thing. Um, if, if I didn't have the things that I have right now, I would have done the same thing. I would have put a backpack on, you know, quit my job because I, I know what I know now. I could make money online if I wanted to. Uh, I could make m money anywhere and just find myself so that I could help other people because um, it, it sounded like you went outside and then you went out of your comfort zone and travel and then find new perspectives and, you know, find some soul searching. And now you're in a better place. Now you actually have, did you find a different path or did you find a different um like wanted um like change what did you yes. find while you were traveling it's so interesting i learned how to trust life trust life yeah and what does that mean um so let's see how do i say this <laughs> that was the biggest thing that i learned i've i it, it wasn't that I mean, the pivot was a necessary point of my journey. 
And I didn't learn that I was on the wrong path. In fact, I learned that I was on the right path the whole time. I had just, the things that I had been holding on to as driving forces of my life either no longer served me or I just needed to tweak the perspective. And this all sounds super simple. It's not simple. Not at the, not at the time I was first really laying everything out on the table and seeing what I had packed in that suitcase. Like it was not as, it was not at the time an easy process, but I think this is the way that I see it. I, and I didn't realize this until I was already mid journey. I traveled for about 18 months. Um, and I'm so excited once things are a little bit more certain and a little bit more, um, safe and traveling, the idea of traveling feels better. I'm so excited to experience more of the world and continue along that path, but that's not right now. And I'm, I very much know that. So, um, I say this because looking backwards, all of it makes sense, all of it. And I wouldn't be here without any of the experiences, even the gut wrenching painful ones, you know, even Mm -hmm. the challenges and the obstacles have all served a purpose and really understanding that and looking into that for myself and also understanding how my responses to different situations or different people or different triggers or whatever. And I'm talking a lot about this personally, because I think a lot of this personal healing can really drive professional fulfillment, but also can really drive forward movement in whatever business or idea you're building. And in fact, it's in my opinion, in order to actually be the change you wish to see in the world, just like you said, you have to start with yourself. And it's very, very it, is, true. it is, and it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy or whatever, or finished. There's no, there's no final with this. That's the point. You know, it, the point is the journey, but doing and knowing that the way I see this and think about it is very much mental and spiritual fitness. So we all talk about physical health, right? We talk about losing weight or what dropping five pounds or, or bigger muscles or better agility, whatever, the same principles apply and align. There's, there's like such a cool parallel between the way that we train in those ways. If we honor our bodies and really want to grow physically and like preserve and nurture our bodies. And the same thing goes with physical and mental preparation and fitness. And what I didn't realize in choosing to, in choosing to do and make the decisions that I was, which might I add, I grew up in Indiana. So this story is not one that I had heard very often, like the middle of Indiana. So not something that I had heard very often and not something certainly that had been done within my own family unit. So, um, in making those tough calls and really flexing those mental and spiritual muscles of what you believe to be possible, you, your muscles get bigger, you grow more fit, you grow more agile, you grow more nimble, which makes you more and better equipped to make the hard calls when you get around to whatever the, the next iteration of those, of, of whatever courage requiring decisions need to be made. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, our past make us stronger. And then our decision, the decision to make you know, a better call is because of our past and that soul searching. Um, I started with, you know, I started with when I was in the dark place, I started with everything is my fault and then everything came along um including the bad time just like you said including the the bad decision that i made but everything went everything like changed for me when i said okay i am where i am because of my decision and then 
I started reading books. For me, that's how I started. I started reading books. I started soul searching and I started doing the things that you know, I don't normally do, like meet people on the other side and also talk to them. So for me, those are my my uh, my path to change the, the the way I started. But what do you recommend for someone who want for someone who would you like you found your change and you found your path and everything makes sense to you now? But if someone like on your on your end before, what would you recommend that person do? Would it to travel, read books? I mean, it depends what you believe to be possible for you. You know, I mean, I, I knew at the time that I was pivoting that I had this beautiful opportunity, no kids, no part, like no partner, no mortgage. Like I was very free mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, very much free bird. So I knew that this was a really beautiful window and a really beautiful opportunity that I may not ever get again. Oh, that's very and interesting. So I think it's important for you within the context of your own life to, to recognize and to realize what, what what's on the table for you? I mean, what's possible? If I were further along on my journey and had made different decisions, that might not have felt or been a possibility in a way that honored my current experience. So um, one big thing that I would recommend for me, journaling is a really big outlet and mm-hmm. writing my thoughts, which is actually how I became a published author. And I didn't, that wasn't on the docket. Like that wasn't something I expected or had dreamed of. But it's a really incredible tool to be able to plant seeds again for our future. And um, so so journaling for me and writing for me personally has been a big outlet and a big help just to meditating as well, making sure that I'm physically looking after my body. So nutritionally, having a great understanding of what I'm putting into my body, um, making sure I'm getting enough water, enough sleep. I mean, those basic things that we that we know are necessary for our physical health really also affect our spiritual and mental health as well. Hmm. So it's also surrounding yourself with people who are either doing the things that you want to do or pursuing the things that you want to pursue or, or just curious. I mean, I've, I, in my own life have had this insatiable curiosity that has just driven me. That's why I've tried all the cookies or as many as I can get my hands on, (laughs) you know? And I think it is, it's important to surround yourself with people who who align with the kind of life that you want to be living if you're not currently satisfied with where you are mm-hmm. and the decisions that you're making and aligning yourself with people who have core values like yours, like if like courage or bravery or curiosity or integrity or honesty or transparency, any of these words or any of these values align with who you want to be, which it also requires you getting really clear on who you want to be. And how they show up in the world and helping yourself to bridge that gap through the decisions that you make from where you currently are to that dream life and that dream person that you want to have. It all starts with the tiny little decisions that we make. And that's why I was saying it's so important for those foundational habits in what you eat and how you exercise and how you move and, and the ways you talk to yourself, those little tiny tweaks and those little tiny tiny decisions that we make are so important because they're they're the foundation the bedrock of what we're building that's very interesting to me because it's it's so true and though you can make the decision uh one, one thing first if you are in a bad place and you know it's just that one decision you only need to do you could do that any day anytime and you know i mean we didn't start it like this and i know you didn't start it like this but when did this started with 
to you? Like, did you did everything start with you journaling, eating right? Is this started in 2018 or did it started way before then? I had had pieces of it. That pieces were, of it? Yeah, I had had pieces of it that were more. I I was emphasized or that were more emphasized at different points in my life. So, nutrition and physical health has always been very important to me. But I know for myself, when I'm not in a very good place, I don't look after my body as well. Like when I'm mentally not in a good place, one of the first things to go is physical fitness, movement, sleep, and nutrition. I know this. <laughs> If I know this about myself, the best thing that I can do every day is to make sure that those basic things are a priority for me. And once they don't need to necessarily be a priority for me, they're then a habit. And it's all about churning that wheel and having the diligence and integrity and love for myself and respect for myself and what I'm building and what, what we're building through the companies that I run. It's about having the respect and integrity to follow through on that because we believe the world deserves it. I, I love the way you're you're doing it and you're leading in the front because I'm I'm all for this uh, making decision, taking care of your body, um, taking care of your brain, your head, and making the um, making the right decision for yourself. And first of all, loving yourself to make those decisions. Um, Emily, what's success for you in terms of business? I know you have your own company. What's success for you in terms of business? You know, the way that we measure it is multi-dimensional. So mm. um, a lot of what we do is fundraising for nonprofits. And mm -hmm. it is, and it's not necessarily the asking or like going out asking people for money, but sometimes it is a lot of what we do is about the back end stuff or positioning the executives to be able to go have the, the right conversations with the right people at the right time. So with that, some of it is revenue driven for us and also our clients. Some of it is impact driven. How many people, how much access were we able to give this organization to Um, the resources that they need or the interviews or publicity that they need or the brand awareness and development. How, how are we, a lot of what we do is different based on the client, but it's a similar process for us. And a lot of what we do is, is measuring how much impact are, are these people able to have based on what we are helping them to build and do. And it's not necessarily, sometimes it can be kind of impatience triggering because man, sorry, this lighting is weird. Um, <laughs> I think that's better. No, it's, well, okay. well, there you go. <laughs> part of it is impatience triggering because it's a very much a long-term game and a long-term play. So we're not talking necessarily within the next calendar year. We're talking within the next 10. Wow. And, well, that's, that's what we mean by future generations, especially with nonprofits. Yes, you need to be able to pay the bills, but let's keep your vision and your mission top of mind and top of heart so that we're planting seeds and reversing, reverse engineering the outcomes that we want to have so that we can bridge that gap. Hmm. Let's not just think of for the next calendar year, let's think of the next five. What do we need to be doing now in order for you to be bringing in $5 million of revenue in five years? Very How are we standing in this way? Okay. Like it's, we're, we're really solving interesting problems and helping people that we really deeply care about to be able to effectively make changes in the world that they're hoping to see through their mission and vision. And that requires us to be zoomed out a lot of the time and then to, to problem solve up top and jump in when we need to and tweak and then zoom back out. It's kind of like a game of operation. That's very interesting to me because you said it right. And, you know, we cannot see the five years from now, but we can see today 
So what are you what are you guys practicing in your company that making making sure that five years from now is actually the outcome that you wanted to happen? It's all about those little foundational things. And I know that sounds kind of nuts because that's that's not something that I think a lot of businesses talk about, but it's making sure that a foundation is stable because mm -hmm. we don't exist in five years. And if if our foundation is not stable, the house is going to blow over. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be able to be laid like in a way that's straight and it's, we're going to have like tilt and that's not the kind of structure that we're building. So it's making decisions every day that are in, in line and aligned with our mission, vision values. And also those it's, and it's not all numbers driven, but some of it is, I mean, we have the quantitative and qualitative data to be able to be making these decisions to the best of our abilities, knowing that we very well may need to pivot. And we are also equipped to be able to do that. But that's also because the foundation is becoming more stable every day. So amongst our team, it's about a lot about accountability. It's a lot about transparency. It's all, it's too about bringing joy into our workplace. Our team is fully remote um, and has been since our company's inception, which was technically just over a year ago, we were incorporated, but we've been doing this for the past six years. So um, we've always been fully remote. We've always had a really incredibly diverse team and it's brought a lot of fun and different perspectives and gratitude and growth into the picture, which again, that's the kind of future I want to see. And it doesn't mean that it, that every day is perfect. And it doesn't mean that I hit my water holes every day. You know, it doesn't mean that, um, our company's always consistently meeting our revenue targets. Like there's a natural ebb and flow to life that we lean into too, but knowing that there's a season for everything and knowing that our foundation is inherently stable and that we are building this for the long-term play, helps us to make better decisions overall. Mm, interesting. I, I love the long-term play and it's true. It's, you know, it's for the future. It's not like, it's, and you just, you do those daily things and affirmation, maybe affirmation at the, you know, for the team and, you know, just believe in it. Um, Emily, this is probably going to be my last question for you. And I love the conversation we're having because it's very positive and I love the culture that you're building. Mm -hmm. Um, my last question for you is for us who are like nine to five, trying to you know, because you started as age 22 with your business, you know, we're just starting out as an entrepreneur. What, what do you suggest for that person to do as in terms of business? And, you know, should he start his own business or should he work for someone else? Because you have a lot of experience in this. So what do you advise for that person? I, I, don't know that I can accurately or effectively prescribe any one size fits all advice to this because every journey is different. And that's really important to keep in mind because my journey is going to look very different than yours. And, it already mm -hmm. has. and to not to realize that I can use your journey as inspiration rather than a comparison game to shame myself is one of the most important things that you can do. And um, for me, and even still, I surround myself with mentors and people who have more more experience than I have and who have done the things that I want to do because I don't have all the answers and I don't pretend to, but I sure as hell know how to figure it out. <laughs> I'm very confident in that because I not only trust life, but also because I've, there's been no time in my life when I've been completely deserted from all resources. I think this is a, and it's, that is certainly from a place of privilege, but I think one very common theme throughout my own life has been hope. 
And that hope has, and, and whether it's hope for a different future or hope for a greater job or hope for a better income or hope for more freedom or hope for more healing or anything like that, that hope has inherently led me to, to believe that there could be another option. There's got to be a better way. And in having, in asking myself that question and really sitting with that, that's led me to creative solutions that have helped to drive me forward when I felt stuck or when I felt like there wasn't another option or when I did feel like there had been times in my life where my, where I tapped out all my resources, where I didn't know where else to go. So I, I don't know that I can effectively prescribe an answer for you, but I do think it's, it's about staying curious and not getting stuck in the idea of perfection, not getting stuck in the idea of, um, not getting stuck in the idea that there's a one size fits all formula to success. I mean, for me and for a lot of people that are very close to me, getting quiet and listening to our own inner voices has been the most transformational piece of one of the most transformational pieces of the puzzle because that will lead you and um yeah i mean there are, i think the i'm looking at the children's books right now that's a really direct example of my own travel experience i kept everything off of social media because i knew i needed it to be a a, a soul experience and hadn't expected to be a children's book author ever <laughs> but the idea just kept visiting me about six months in. So I ended up finding an incredible illustrator who it just so happens went to the same university that I did. We just never met. It was a massive university, but um, we never met. Ended up just, just letting this idea simmer. And there's a time and a place for more of an oven approach. There's a time and a place for more of a grill approach. There's a time and a place for more of a crock pot approach. And it's just about leaning into your own understanding of what you need because nobody's going to be able to prescribe those things for you. So I say this because I'm doing things now at 28 that I, I never expected to be doing ever. And that's been a result of some incredible opportunities that I've had, but also a result of my, my listening to my own inner voice and listening to the clues that I was being given through life. So it's not for me to prescribe you stay in the nine to five or go do your own thing and quit your job and no holds barred full steam ahead. It's that's not my call to make. That's your call to make. But there are benefits and downsides to either. And it's about knowing and understanding in your life at this moment, what is more important to you? Is it the stability of a nine to five job and the things that you can learn from the mentors and um, leaders that you have in that role, are those the right mentors and leaders for you? Are you being challenged and grown in the ways that you want to be? If you aren't, are there conversations that you can have in order to bridge that gap? I mean, there are a lot of things that I wish that I would have done differently in my life, but that's not possible. And also it's not, um, I don't know, it's not productive for me to think about those things, but I don't think I fully took advantage of the mentorship opportunities that I could have had and the growth opportunities that I could have had when I was more in a Kroger role because the machine and the structure that is that and that is a nine to five environment because there are already processes in place, the things that you can learn about business from existing organizations are so, so incredible. So if you're not ready to leave your nine to five yet, but you are feeling a pull to do something different, 
zoom out and look at your opportunity from a different perspective. But if you are ready to leave, you know, there are ways that you can position yourself to be able to do it in a responsible way. And I would really encourage you to get quiet and think about and really listen to what comes up when you get quiet. Hmm. You said it so well. I love the way you said hope because it's true. Um, you know, there's better path. Um, if you believe there's a better path, it's true. If you believe there's no better path, then you're also right. So, but you know, be more optimistic there because if one person had done it, um, you can do it too. So yeah. I'm going to end it with that and just hope and believe and have that confidence and listen to your inner self That's because so it's courage. true. Yeah. <laughs> <Be kind. laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Really? Like just step out. Step, step, step into it. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> goes right. Yeah. You know, after we get focused on the downside, like, what if everything goes wrong? But really, what if everything works out? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's. I think that's a really key part of the conversation to have too. But I'm really excited, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I'm so excited <laughs> to connect with your audience. And if anybody wants to reach out please feel free to connect on our website or via email or um, I'll make sure Jonathan that you have everything that you need to, to get your people connected with us. If there's anything that we can ever do to help or continue the conversation. Ah, appreciate that. Thank you so much. And um, okay. So the website is um, yeah, it's all in the description. Also the Esme, the curious cat yes. is on Amazon. You guys check it out. It's on description and you know, it's, just uh, it's a book maybe you can read it to your kids and I, I know i would read it to my kids because it's it's fascinating oh, you know? you. Yeah, this, <laughs> every piece of the spirit of what we've been talking about is infused in these pages so we're really trying to empower and inspire kids to be able to not only be the change they wish to see but really take actionable steps towards making that happen and believing themselves to in order to again plant seeds for that future amazing so that's it from us thank you so much emily and that's it guys we'll see you later you have a good day everyone <laughs>